Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a weekly episodic tokusatsu-related podcast where we're hecka excited about mecha. I'm Pat. <laughs> I'm Grant. <laughs> What'd you forget? I was just laughing at, at the hecka about mecha. It's it's just a funny line. <laughs> That's delightful. Uh, ah, another another new voice this week. What what is that? <laughs> Who is that? Who's there? <laughs> we can't be surprised every time. Who am well, I? Hi, folks. I'm Pocky Squirrel. Yay! Welcome. Thanks for yeah, having Pocky's me. Pocky's here guys. with us this week. It's exciting. Oh, you're you're so very welcome. Thanks for joining us. So. uh uh yeah so every week we get together and we talk about uh toku in its various forms but specifically we talk about lupin ranger versus pat ranger right now or pato ranger depending on on your flavor there and uh this week we have pocky squirrel with us who uh is uh not only a really cool person but she's also a bit of a toku head so pocky you want to tell us and and the people out there in listener land a little bit about your own kind of personal history with uh with rubber suits and rubber monsters Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm old and it's long. And as it so often does, started with Power Rangers. Um, I've been in that fandom since the very, very beginning and kind of started branching out within the last couple of years. I started watching Sentai as it aired with Tokuger, followed that up with drive which sent me into the common rider abyss now i'm checking out ultraman it's it, it's a sickness it really is <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to have <laughs> yeah and and you're you're definitely in a place where the inmates are running the asylum because we too have uh, all of those various diseases <laughs> mm, mm, mm-hmm. but uh but yeah it's really great to have you on and, and your story is, is of course similar to mine pr for a long time and then suddenly all at once everything because you realize it's accessible <laughs> so but it's exciting to have you on and of course um we're going you you've you're caught up as well you've been watching along with the prior episodes yes indeed how are you feeling about the show so far um you know i i think that this show is kind of suffering for me from a bad case of not being q ranger I was really, really emotionally invested in Q Ranger, and because of that, I feel like Lubin has to do a lot to impress me. But mm. I don't hate it. <laughs> that bodes well. <laughs> yeah, see, I I didn't watch. I watched a little bit of the first episode, and then I just I haven't. I didn't keep up with it because I had other stuff going on. And Pat, did you watch Q Ranger at all? I saw the first three. And then I didn't, I don't know what happened, but I fell off. Like, I liked it. I liked the aesthetic and I like uh, aliens. The fact that they were pushing aliens in a big cast. But um, for whatever reason, I, I think I got distracted by something else. Ooh, a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> it, That's, that must be it. It's the aliens that really do it for me. I'm such a space mm. opera wonk. And that's exactly mm. what Q-Ranger is. So if you have a few minutes to rub together, I do recommend checking it out. I, I definitely will. Um, I think I've said, well, I, I, I uh, just generating more interest in Sentai through this. I ended up picking up uh, Tokyojer and I'm working on that right now. And it's probably a bad idea to do that and Die Ranger and Q Ranger <laughs> and everything else that's going on. But <laughs> that's, that's what we're here for, right? Wow, that's quite a lot and quite a selection. I'm, 
Mm. Having watched both, I'm trying to wrap my mind around the idea of watching Tokyo and watching Die Ranger at the same time, and it nope can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Die Ranger's for fun. That one's just for me. But I'm trying to uh, actually think really hard about Tokyo as I'm watching it. I so, think you actually just complicated uh, things by saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a bit. But I mean, like it's this is a fir- I mean, this is a first thing for me too, where I I want to be able to like process it properly, and I'm inspired very much by you, Grant, in your reaction threads, no. and I mean everybody else's that we see. So, um, I want to give it like the proper respect, and you know, come out of it thinking about something. Yeah, Grant has single-handedly right? changed the way that I live tweet things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I saw you doing an Ultraman one too. Yes, I I did that for Mabius for a while until it just got entirely too long and I lost the plot. Um, I'm I'm trying to do that with Common Rider Gaim now as well. Mm-hmm, welcome. Yeah, that format, you know, I, I sort of modified it from a friend's thread that I saw, and I thought, you know what, I just they they were doing one thread, but they were doing like multiple tweets per episode with like four and five pictures an episode, and I was like, oh my god, I I'm not going to do that. I'm too lazy. So the the, the one tweet per episode format. I you know, if I've given one thing to fandom, I like to think that that's it because it's a really convenient way to watch a show and also to be like, oh, I didn't get to watch for like four days. Where am I at again? Like you can go find it. <laughs> See, I just have too many normal. thoughts for one tweet, but you do you think mm-hmm. you do you? <laughs> well, guys, um, are we ready to to start talking about what we're hoping to see out of episode four and then jump in and watch it? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So, any, any predictions? Any hopes? Yeah, uh, I think last week we got, uh, we actually got a little bit more of the Pat, Pat Ranger. Just, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, I think we're, I don't know about you, Pocky, but I'm definitely wanting more out of the Pat Ranger this time. Yes, I I feel like I'm more able to care about them. I'm more interested in caring about them. Yeah, the, the sort of Zenigata-like frustration makes it easier to sort of identify with them and their, con- their sort of constant failure. <laughs> um. I think for myself, I'm really hoping we get, if we get more Pat Ranger, if I can ask for a little bit more, maybe Pat Ranger Pink, because we saw last week especially how much more competent she is and sort of professional mm. than her mm-hmm. her sort of two fellows. Be nice if we got an episode on her, but, you know, maybe beggars can't be choosers here, but that would be nice. <laughs> oh, that is always my preference, and competent Pink is always my preference as well. Definitely. Well, I don't think we needed anything. I mean, we got a taste of the Pat Kaiser last week. Mm. Um, I think anything we were wondering, I don't know that they would answer this immediately, was if they could have both the Lupin Kaiser and the Pat Kaiser at the same time. But I don't think, I don't I don't know if that'll be this week. I mean, I wouldn't be against it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, mm. Again, it would be nice to see more of the Lupin Kaiser, the actual suit, because we only got glimpses of it in those first two episodes. Yeah, I kind of want to know what Good Striker's deal is, too. Hmm. I think we're, you think we're just about ready to check it out? Yeah, let's find out for ourselves, shall we? All right, let's do it up. この番組はダノシートキオキクリグループ、PRTとザコミックフィンドとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りします。And we're back. Uh Yep, that uh, this just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> this, I laughed a lot this time. I don't know about you guys. Definitely enjoyed it. That was a solid episode. Super cute. Um, so this time we got uh, a lot more of the Pat Ranger, which was what we were hoping for. Uh, 
Um, got a little bit more of, of Lupin Yellow, but mostly, uh, it seemed mostly like a Lupin Pink and sort of expanding on her relationship uh, at the Academy with uh, Lupin, uh, oops, did I say Lupin Pink? I meant uh, Pato Pink and then Pato Red's past as uh, fellow students at the Academy. Pretty cute. The monster was pretty cool. And we got to see sort of what happens when one when one team wants to take over the the mecha, they just he just bails and then they just they just left there. Yeah. <laughs> when one team wants to take over the mecha, or when Good Striker just decides that he's going to peace out and do whatever he wants. That is a good point, and yes, that's that's what I meant. They they have absolutely no say in whose mecha it is. Yeah, yeah. These, I'm feeling I'm feeling these guys. We're going to do this now. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Gatai? What? Okay, sure. Let's do this. <laughs> Stroll with it. Yeah, overall, I uh, I really enjoyed that episode. I, it's strange, uh, as, as Pocky mentioned, it felt like we wrote that one with our brains. Uh, pretty much every request we had going in or prediction, you know, we wanted the Pat Ranger episode. We got that. Mm. I specifically was like, it'd be nice to see a Pat Ranger pink episode after last week seeing her do so well. We got that uh pat you mentioned like hey it would be really great if we you know saw both mecha this week we got that like it pretty much hit all yep. those switches that was really really nice um and now i'm out of predictions because i got everything i want no <laughs> <laughs> well now you just got to come up with new predictions for next time it's oh, mm. like mm. so much work <laughs> <laughs> what no, think about uh, the shows we're watching who does that God, that's i just all i do is i shovel popcorn into my mouth and I just, it, it's all I'm supposed to be doing. No, um, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think focusing on Pato Pink uh, was the right call. Um, her sort of, I don't know if I would call it a, a weakness, but she has sort of a, a tough professional, no-nonsense exterior. And then she has this sort of, her other side is she's a bit smitten with stuffed animals and sort of, uh, I guess, uh, draws energy from them and from snuggling them, which is an interesting kind of quirk to have. Uh, especially because she, it's something she tries to keep private, but only does in public places when apparently everyone's watching. Um, but I, I, I really like just the kind of the whole the hook with the the shark kaijin, and the way, uh, even though it was a, it was a strange setup initially, the way it was like teleporting people in, and Pato Pink got to go in, figure out what was going on still release all the people and start the fight and everything. I thought it was, I, I really, really liked the structure of it. I, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, e- even though she's got kind of this, uh, this weakness or more like a quirk. So than a weakness, yeah. it, it didn't hold her back any, you know, she's still, she's still portrayed as a, a very, very competent character. And the fact mm-hmm. that she has this side of herself, that's cutesy and feminine does nothing to diminish that. Which I greatly yeah. appreciate mm. because it so often does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed to me like the there were it wasn't just women that were falling prey to this thing. We saw uh, what was his name? Love room, love room. Jaws was putting out uh, this <laughs> plushie that people would hug or snuggle with, and that would send them to this horrible jail cell just in the middle of the forest somewhere. There were uh, children in there. There were women in there, but there were also... Yeah, like... they're like middle-aged dudes in there, and it was great. Yeah. Everyone loves a plushie. Yeah. Moral yeah, of the exactly. story. <laughs> yeah, and I think the the scenes with... The nice thing about it was that um, there were sort of hints of 
this wasn't like a friendship episode per se it wasn't like well of course pink and yellow are friends because they're ladies like it's just yellow has a conscience and she was like well people are missing we need to help them and because pink powder ranger was sort of on the case it just naturally led to her discovering things but they weren't and they sort of cooperated a little bit i really enjoyed that fight in the forest um the i mean we got two really i think for me the two big standouts were obviously that fight in the forest and also the um the earlier fight where they were all uh the first time they encountered the shark or love room jaws um but the fight in the forest was particularly great because pink and yellow were sort of incidentally helping each other but they weren't necessarily teaming up it was a really nice touch yeah and the fact that they kind of like bent their own rules for each other as a gesture of appreciation mm-hmm. i i think i particularly enjoyed this sort of like we, we saw a lot of pairing off this episode it wasn't just yellow and pink being paired off but we saw a number of different in each fight it felt like we saw one one pato and one lupin get paired off in different ways and the way they were especially in the forest fighting each other but then accidentally or through their sort of uh, collateral damage taking out all the the poldermans or, or what have you that was really neat just the way that's like their battle was focused on each other and also the kaijin the, sh- the you know love room jaws but then they were still managing to fight everyone else too and that was a really neat a lot of really good choreography and and, and well thought out in that sense um so did you guys feel like uh pat you mentioned this when we were watching the the sort of the human trafficking angle do you think that was just sort of a an incidental theme or do you think that was what they were trying to go for well i mean we have a we have the group of villains this time is sort of a gang so uh, human trafficking is one thing that definitely falls under sort of crime crime family Mm -hmm. schemes right right and the it's kind of a, a cool dark undertone to this oh you know here's the plushie that captures people uh they get trapped in his jaws because his jaws were somehow the uh, a way for him to teleport people to this prison um and that trap i guess it seemed to suit it, it did, did it make sense to you that that uh if we think about it last time what were the other ones we have the bubblegum snail thing was uh, carving out statues and then the one before that was just sort of setting things on fire and stealing jewels uh, the bubblegum guy was an art forger which really kind yeah. of goes along with yes. the organized crime mafia motif good good that's right um but the fire shark yeah the, fire, the fire guy shark I, I can't too? remember what his deal was at this point which is sad because this was only a couple of weeks ago arson <laughs> I mean, it's amazing is... what you can forget in a couple days, as we like to say on BLT. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I think he was just sort of a destructive, bad guy. Um, but yeah, so I think mm. thinking about, like Pocky just mentioned, thinking about the last week's episode as as sort of art forgery, I think, yeah, I think definitely the trafficking angle falls in. They don't really lean into it. Like, there's not a lot of like, oh, you know, they're taking them down to the docks, and if we don't get them in time, they're away. But there's definitely an element of like, yeah, they're they're he's catching people, and he calls them merchandise mm-hmm. uh, or merch. Like, that's uh, you know, stealing people away. Yeah, there's definitely an element of that. Is there anything that stuck out to you as a negative or that you disliked about the episode? Not so much mm-hmm. a negative as an unanswered question, given what uh, what we were talking about a second ago. I still don't feel like I have a really clear read on what these people were supposed to have been used for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think the the that's a corollary of 
we still, I mean, maybe we're asking too much because our, our sort of <laughs> Santa granted all our wishes, if you will. Um, but to add another to the list, we still, like, we know why Lupin Ranger wants the, like, why that team wants the, the, the Lupin collection. And we know, obviously, Pattern Ranger's trying to stop them and stop crime in general, kind of as an organization. We don't have a 100% good feel on what the Ganglers are after other than, like, muhahaha money. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if we knew their specific interest in the collection, or what they're specifically trying to achieve, other than general mob stuff, maybe that would have helped inform, like, oh, well, of course he needs to steal people. Yeah, like I think we feel like I almost have more of a better read on um, the blue gangler, and she has like the chain gun arms and everything. Like we almost have a better read on her because she talks about it doing experiments and things like that. So we know she's got sort of a mad scientist type bent. Yeah, and that's a really trope that, that I'm real tired of seeing: is the mm-hmm. lone female henchman being the scientist. Hmm. Yeah, it certainly seems to to pop up pretty regularly. I do love her design, though. I love the chain, like the the sort of chain gun arms and the exposed, like rib cage elements to it. I think it's it's a it's a really good suit. And the mouth moves. I'm big on the mouth moving. Oh, she <laughs> yeah. wigs me out. I hate that she doesn't have eyes. <laughs> um. Okay. So here's more of a funny question, I guess. Uh, if you guys were given a shark in a school outfit plushy not knowing what you know now would you have at some point hugged it or snuggled it and ended up in this trap that's the real question we have to ask absolutely <laughs> hmm not me i don't i don't usually do that i think i probably i mean have. what what is it you just have to bring it in real close do you have to touch it what are the rules it seems to be a seems to be cheap yeah you gotta to, cuddle with to it. Gill contact <laughs> yeah because Petal mm. Pink, she didn't just disappear right when she touched it, nor did Green and Red. Like, they had to really True. get in there and, like, super snuggle that thing. Like, they had to to glomp it in early 2000s anime terms. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep, yes, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I totally would have um, been behind bars in a cave. No question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud to be trapped there with you, Bucky. I don't have any sharks, but the number of plushies in the room that I'm in right now is definitely in double digits. <laughs> no shame, I, I, no judgment. <laughs> I understand. I understand that. Mm. Well, any more uh, thoughts, guys, before we move on to Twitter questions? I think I want. There's something I want out of this that I, I felt that I'm going to add to the wish list. Is uh, so when we have we have the the team team attacks or the whatever you want to call it the bazooka attack. Uh, that they end up having where the Pato Rangers fuse into one and then the Lupin Rangers split into a bunch. I want to see if, you know, somewhere down the line, what that's going to be like if there's a joint attack between the two teams. Because mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of what was going to be set up, and then Good Striker went for um, the Pat Fusion instead. Yeah, I'm sort of curious, too, along those lines. I mean, it, it seems to be implying that Good Striker is the key to their combinations, so... If I had to guess and go out on a limb, there's probably a bad striker, so that there's two Ooh. strikers floating around and allowing Ooh. for combo attacks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. <laughs> and I just the thing that I really dug about that episode was the dynamic between the uh, the Potter Rangers, and I, I just mm. I really want to see that evolve and grow over time because Red and Pink, you know, clearly have a pre-existing relationship. Green is the new guy. Just the three of them getting like 
deeper into their relationship as a team. Yeah. I imagine we're going to get another Pat Ranger episode next week. So hopefully, yeah, more of that. Yeah, most definitely. So anything else before we move on to L Twitter cues? I don't have anything. No, I don't think so. All right, so this is the first one coming to us from Paladin4221. How do you feel about the adaptation process for Super Sentai Power Rangers? Uh, are you more likely to watch, enjoy the original, or the adaptation? Short answer for me, I'm probably more likely to watch the original. I'm The last thing I watched, I think, was the Shinkenger when they were starting to do it, and then um, I didn't didn't put a whole lot of time into it. Both, both. I always watch both, to one extent mm. or another. And there have been times that I've liked the adaptation more than the original, and there have been times that I've liked the original much more than the adaptation. There are times that it's pretty neck and neck for me. I I think that Power Rangers has potential to come up with something that's very, very different from its source material. And the more it differs, the more likely it is to be successful in its own right and not draw as many ham-fisted comparisons from the fandom as to which is better. Yeah, I definitely, I would definitely be on similar lines as Pocky. Now, my, my problem is that I haven't seen enough complete Sentai series to really compare the two. Um, and I'm, I'm still catching up on Power Rangers. I'm only to Dino Thunder now on my rewatch. Um, but I'm, I'm going to watch both. And I, you know, I do sort of compare them in my head, but I, I don't even know if it's fair to do. And I, I just, I don't think of them, like, for example, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Zoo Ranger, I don't, they're just not, like, they, they are sort of the same show, but they're not. So I just don't compare them. Does that make sense? Like, just because they share suits, like, I just, I don't. I think of them as two different streams. I try to think of them as their own individual things. I mean, there's some inevitable comparisons, but it, it just doesn't. Yeah, especially in that era of Power Rangers, it's very, very different. I mean, sure. you, you can't really effectively draw comparisons between Mega Ranger and Power Rangers in space. They are they are <sighs> not at all the same thing. You can't draw comparisons between Zeo and O-Ranger because they're very much right. not the same thing. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so I try not to compare them. I, I try to enjoy, enjoy both, though, as sort of parallel tracks, if you will. Exactly, yeah. The B-side. For me, they're two totally different things, and mm-hmm. people really like to compare them to each other, but for me, that way lies madness. No thank you, I'd rather enjoy each separately <laughs> on its own merits. Preach, preach. Alright, so next one comes to us from uh, Sunglass Pre, who was with us last week. Uh, she asks, have you guys seen any Metal Heroes? Got any specific recommendations? It's something I've been wanting to check out for a while, and was wondering if you had faves. I'm going to sit down and listen for this one because I have also been looking into checking out Metal Heroes for the first time and I have no idea about <laughs> anything. So send me your Rex. Uh, same here. Um, I'm getting a little bit more interested because that uh, that Toku Gifts Twitter keeps putting stuff out and it looks really cool. Um, <laughs> like well, really cool. <laughs> I, I've only seen in aggregate probably one full episode, but not even from the same series. But I have talked a lot of Metal Heroes with people much wiser than myself, so I will speak from not knowledge, maybe the least ignorance, I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, mm. Only because I've 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 sat at the feet of wiser people who've seen more Metal Heroes. Uh, the two most common recommendations I've seen are Wind Spectre and Jan Person. Um, and from what I've seen of Jan Person, it looks absolutely maddening, and I can't wait to watch it. Um, so that that one's definitely going to be my first, because mm. I know people who, they'll go to the mat for Jan Person over a lot of other media. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing that one myself. 
That's I think we've seen a lot of recommendations for Space Sheriff Gavon. That counts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Space Sheriff Gavon's. I a lot of people, I guess, sort of from my taking of the temperature of the room, I don't know, but it seems to be sort of like the quote unquote generic metal hero show. Like that is like your the mold, if you will. Mm, and the the okay. character is showing up a lot in crossovers with other things these days, mm. and the actor is very buff and very attractive so a certain segment of the fandom is uh is pretty loud in voicing its appreciation of this that's about all i know about gavon to be perfectly honest with you i'm gonna need to look this up no one fights like gavon no one hit me. Oh. <laughs> fantastic you had that one in the chamber. Next season, Beauty Ranger versus Beast Ranger. I'm calling it now. Oh, no. It's happening. Oh, no. oh, Confirmed. <laughs> so uh, this one comes to us from uh, the second Batgirl, another Toku lady. Uh, this is She says, Pocky, who has better capes or who wore it better? So, so just for since you. we're name dropping second Batgirl on this show anyways, I need to tell a little bit of a story, um, which is namely <laughs> why I find the title of this podcast to be so freaking hilarious. Uh-oh. Uh, several years ago, Second Batgirl went to the comic book shop to uh, pick up some Power Rangers merchandise. It was around the time that the card game came out and she was looking for it. And this gatekeeping variety of fan i will say Mm. this as nicely as possible decides that he's going to strike up a conversation and start talking down power rangers and mansplaining at her about toku in general and the conversation Mm. included the phrase did you know that power rangers is based on a japanese series called super senpai nice and it, and it's just been it's been a joke ever since. So I I really appreciate the fact that your podcast is called what it is. <laughs> That's uh, what a what a what a strange and wonderful coincidence. <laughs> it's delightful. It really is. Uh, I think I, when I was pushing for this because I I initially was trying <laughs> trying to talk Grant up for this like hey we could call it this we could call it that and it actually ended up being sort of like a a mistake like a beautiful mistake that you. <laughs> You misremembered yeah. what it was called. Yeah, what I, I was misremembered trying to call it. and I said, what are we calling it? The Super Senpai podcast? And you're like, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Somehow knowing so this just makes yeah. everything even better. It's a beautiful <laughs> twist of fate. <laughs> but as to the oh, question goodness. at hand, who wears uh, better capes? I, I have to give it to Lupin Ranger because I just think that they are so flagrantly stylish about everything that they mm. they make it work. Yeah, no doubt. I guess that's it. I mean, there's your answer. All right, so this one comes to us from Red Blue Ranger. Uh, what is it that keeps bringing you back to Toku, and how do you prevent burnout? Ooh, that's a big one. I can say it's two things for me. One is the absolutely endless variety of shows that, that there are out there. Like it, The thing about Toku fandom is that there is literally something for everybody. And once you know what your brand is you can find more of it without any problem at all. And if you start getting bored of one thing, you can move on and try something else. You know, you you feel like you've gotten all that you can out of Sentai and you're getting bored of the tropes, check out Kamen Rider. Or if you're getting frustrated with that, check out Ultraman. I didn't even realize how great Ultraman was until like six months ago. I've been in this fandom for years and I'm still discovering new things. 
that's part of it for me is that there's always something different to check out and to discover the other piece of it for me is the people so many of my closest friends are in and people that i know from the toku fandom that even if i got Mm. sick of the material i don't think i could ever leave because i wouldn't want to leave them behind Mm. hmm i mean (laughs) oh i guess for me i think it's sort of knowing that the machines the toy machine's going to keep going i mean my my bag i'm going to repeat this forever because i just feel the need to say it but my bag is common writer and so if it's I recognize that if I'm not feeling it this year, maybe next year will be good. And for the most part, I've been I've been on it. Like, uh, I think I only kind of dipped out for uh, probably Ghost and Wizard. Mm. But every everything else, I've either come back and finished or have been following along. So Sentai is a new thing for me, sort of, sort of, to to really commit <laughs> to, but. Um, oh, so you came into it kind of the opposite direction that I did. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mentioned this in the first time, but I, I, I had seen Kamen Rider at some point, at some point in the past, and I didn't know. Uh, I think I even had like a, uh, I think it's called a Hurricane Driver, right? The very first, or Ichigo's is the Hurricane Driver? Maybe. Um, I think I might even had one of them uh, just growing up. And I just, like Power Rangers look right, but it wasn't quite there. Right, and so when I found out when I found out what Common Rider was like for real, I was like, "This is it! I've been looking for this my whole life." Like, like <laughs> so. Did you watch uh, Masked Rider though? That is the question. I did, and the first toy I bought with my own money was uh, his gold form, which was—I mm-hmm. mean, the show wasn't was really bad. That just was—I knew that even as a kid. But I, the aesthetic of the toy was correct, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Oh, was it like Robo, Robo Rider? I don't know. I don't know what it was called. I haven't gone back to Black RX yet. Uh, I guess for myself, part of the thing that keeps bringing me back to Toku. I mean, I've been in love with um, giant monsters and and rubber suits and practical effects fights since I was seven years old, jumping up on and down on the couch watching you know Godzilla reruns on you know TNT or whatever. Um, but particularly toku you know sort of action television with common rider and sentai and ultraman and such i mean part of what brings me back is that there's really nothing else like it um it is its own brand of just kind of adventure entertainment and it's i i'm a big you know i think a lot of times especially in our culture now we tend to to value quote unquote you know gritty or adult material that's very harsh and dark and rah 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 and like that's uh that's dime a dozen if you want a show about a gritty show about hard men making hard choices like i mean you go go find it right which is not necessarily a bad thing for there to be ample amounts of of high quality television because a lot of it is very good but there's not a lot of whimsy out there uh and these shows are full of it like there's just there's just this kind of boundless energy it's just like hey how about in this episode that's about crime and thieves and stuff there's a shark and he teleports to his jaws. Okay, that's cool. Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna play that story. And there's a, there's a level of commitment to the whimsy. They never, no one at any point goes, oh my god, you guys, this is the stupidest thing, right? Like no one ever winks at the camera. No one no one breaks uh, kayfabe to use a wrestling term, right? Everybody's just they commit and they sell it, and that's 
part of what brings me back like the fact that no other media is like it i guess yeah and i think that even even when toku is at its darkest it doesn't lose that whimsy and it doesn't lose mm. hope mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. most definitely uh i think that uh Having some experience with this, I don't. I don't know what the Super Sentai endings are generally like, but common um, Rider endings for me tend to be, even if there's like some noble, there's if even if there's like a massive sacrifice or a huge loss of life, it ends up being kind of a, a net positive for the world or universe or something because either humans tried or humans succeeded or uh, they repelled the enemy forces or they're working together with the monsters or whatever it is it's ends up being like yeah okay like things were things are going to turn out okay mm-hmm. sometimes most of the time yeah. <laughs> um okay so the next one comes to us from behalite bebop our buddy uh they ask favorite characters from toku in general there's so many yeah it's so it's such a I broad can, question. I can lead with oh, this boy. one. See, anytime anybody asks us for favorites, I just always say I'm going to pick one I really like. I don't know if it's my favorite. It just came to mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of sentient items and weapons and things. Um, and as a, I love the visual design too. But I just Biako from Die Ranger, who we would know as Saba, the the Kiba Ranger or White Ranger's dagger. I love sentient weapons, and it's like, this is a really sick-looking blade, and also there's a talking tiger head on the back. And especially the way it's used in Die Ranger, because, you know, uh, Ko doesn't talk. He lets uh, he lets Saba do the talking for him and stuff to sort of mask that he's a little kid. And, like, that's that's just such a great shtick. I love that. That is just, that's fantastic. This is still really, really tough. <laughs> um, favorite character in all of Toku... I, I'm not. I'm thinking super hard, but it it goes. Um, I'm gonna default to Momotaros from Kamen Rider Deno. Like he's just. I mean, he's a monster, but darn it, he's a super lovable one, and he's trying to be a tough guy, but he's not a tough guy. Like this is the one, uh, Grant. When I was talking about this before, uh, the series where the uh, the writer actually gets possessed by the monster that he monsters that he's befriending. Oh, and okay. So whenever he whenever he is possessed by a monster, he sort of takes on physical attributes and gets like a streak of color in the hair to match the monster. And so his hair kind of gets spiked back. And anytime he's in this, he's either wearing like a leather jacket all of a sudden or like is wearing a muscle suit under his shirt. And it's like <laughs> the, the tough guy and just sort of the way he talks like like it's it it speaks to me. And uh, it says a lot that my first uh, SH figure arts was uh was Momotaros, and uh, that that was the beginning of my sickness that I had to cure myself of. You've, you've just raised the level of interest I have in watching Deno. It's fun. Don't look for a plot. Just enjoy it as a comedy thing. Ah, uh, for myself, if we're sticking with the Japanese end of Toku things, go die, Yusuke. I love him so much. He's the kind of person I aspire to be like. My cat is freaking out. I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. cool. <laughs> uh... Alright, so our next question comes from uh, Strongest Human, good buddy Lou. Uh, he asked, all of us had a question, favorite transformation device can be Sentai, KR, Ultra, Metal Heroes, whatever. So specifically device, transformation device. Oh man, oh man, oh man. I'm gonna need some time to think. <laughs> this is a tough one for me also because I have a big thing for henshin devices. I, I collect yeah. henshin devices. Having started in Power Rangers, I have a morpher from every season of Power Rangers. 
That's awesome. Woo! Nice. You're a champion of the people. It's a lot. And I haven't seen the Sentai that some of those morphers go with, so Mm. I can't say if there's any difference in in how the devices are used, but just like in terms of aesthetic and functionality, I really appreciate the ones from O-Ranger and Mega Ranger. And on the Kamen Rider end of things, I, I really, really enjoy Beltzon from Kamen Rider Drive. Just because, like, like, Grant, like what you were saying a few minutes ago about um, your appreciation for sentient devices. I just, I love the character mm-hmm. so much something about a little talking item or something it's just on the other it's on the good end of the uncanny valley like far over it just makes you like oh look at them like (laughs) they have a lot Mm. of character in spunk and i don't know they i think maybe it's because they're because they're an item they have to have a big personality to make up for the fact that they can't like move or do anything so i really enjoy it yeah and like beltzon's efforts to do that too are just charming Mm. i did um grant i did pick one up that's the one I, I sent you the picture of when I was in the little Tokyo yeah, 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 maybe yeah. two-ish weeks ago. Uh, he He's also my Discord profile picture. Wow, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's his dumb smiling face right there. He's great. I love <laughs> him so boy. much. Good boy. I think for myself, again, you know, I'm not, uh, not going to say, like, is my favorite or whatever, but... Um, just like device that i really enjoy i don't want to say o's again because i know i've said o's before for some of his transformation stuff though i do really love the coin gimmick i think that's a good it's a good shtick um i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little old school here i'm gonna i think i'm gonna give it to uh 1966 ultraman the 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 beta capsule essentially nice Um, there's something about i mean it doesn't really do anything it doesn't it doesn't actually like there's no there's no play at it having some kind of functionality shin just holds it up and he goes like there's, but there's something about that the it's not just the pose he has to have this little kind of gizmo with it um and that capsule is it's just a i don't know it's just a it's just a capsule there's really nothing else to it but it's it, that addition of this sort of having this kind of weird sci-fi little gizmo with it just adds this extra little layer of, of uh, I guess, fun and sort of interest to it that otherwise it would just be him standing there and he grows really large. Um, you know, that would make him not much different than... I'm finding that you know, Ultra some has some superheroes. really unique henshin devices and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and can we talk about Seven and the Domino Mask? I mean, <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> that sequence is even for even as someone who loves corny sequences the ultra seven transformation sequence has aged poorly but i still love it <laughs> oh boy uh, uh another thing on the list yeah uh, ultra thing. seven is uh, mm. love ultra seven. Oh man i'm still this is still tough um i'm gonna have to throw out Okay, I guess this is what it is. Um, I'm with so Kabuto was my first one, and I really liked how the Zectors would just show up. So the uh, you'd grab, I, I guess they just pop out of nowhere. Uh, the like a beetle or whatever the bug is, you it would pop up when you needed to transform, and then you'd insert that into the belt. Mm. And the sound effects for it really, really hit home for me. But the one I'm gonna go with, like usually they fly around. So all the ones that that show up and up until a certain point. It's well, except for I guess the scorpion one, but 
uh, the beetle, the bee, the, the dragonfly, they all kind of fly in from somewhere in the universe or something. But uh, the when Kickhopper shows up, it actually has to jump around. And it's sort of like a, I guess it's, it sounds like a grasshopper, but I think it's supposed to be a locust. And it actually like makes this little sound effect as it's bop, bopping over to him. <laughs> and of course, that connects to like one of the most <laughs> super wannabe serious looking guys and he insert like he jams that into his his belt and it's <laughs> i think that one just really speaks to me um, large robot insects from hammer space yep yep but you you gotta see the way this guy's dressed and he just pulls that out of nowhere like he's he's the, the dark emo dude that's a fallen soldier that <laughs> uh, but he sells it he sells it of course he does <laughs> that's course. what's great about this stuff uh, and then our last question here comes from John Smith, uh, buddy over at Yadatachi. He asks, he says, hi guys, I've got a bunch here. Have you seen the 2017 Power Rangers film? If so, what did you think about it? And what would you like to see from the sequel? Are there any other Toku properties that you'd like to see get a Hollywood adaptation of? If so, which ones and why? Ooh. Okay, so we'll take these piece by piece. Have you seen the 2017 Power Rangers film? No. Yes. Yes, as, as so have I as well. Uh, okay, so Pocky, I guess you and I will take the next one. If so, what did you think about it, and what would you like to see from the sequel? Uh, I adored it. I, I felt like it was a, a very faithful tribute to the original, but also managed to be cool. Mm. Like, it captured the coolness that people expect from a modern superhero movie, but also acknowledge the fact that, yes, it's Power Rangers and it's meant to be whimsical and it's meant to be lighthearted and brightly colored and dumb. It struck a balance that I really, mm. really appreciated as somebody who grew up with the show and is coming back to it as an adult. As for a sequel, I would just mm. like to see a sequel exist, please. <laughs> right. I, I, ha I have no <laughs> illusions that this movie, this hypothetical movie, would be about anything other than Tommy Oliver, which... Thank you, but no, I've had more than enough of him. I just want to see another movie. I don't care about the rest. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. As someone who went into it, uh, I, I flinched from the moment I heard it was happening until I sat down in the theater and the and it rolled, you know, credits roll. I was I was tensed up, racing for impact. Uh, I was surprised not only that I that it was not bad, but that I was like, oh no, I actually think this is really good. Um, and I think specifically the ways in which it was good, because I expected like, well, I'll probably like the robot stuff fighting and then the suit fighting and all the characters probably won't be written the way I wanted. But I feel like that was completely flipped. Like, I really identified, especially with certain parts of Zack's story, but like pretty much the, I thought the kids were the cast was the strongest part. Like that was far and away to me. The best part of the film was the core cast and how they. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves, the MMPR cast was not given a lot to work with, and a lot of um, character elements have been added, sort of, in our mind's eyes, and in later years through other sort of various, uh, either fan discussions or comic adaptations or what have you. So the way they sort of filled in the gaps with those characters, but they still felt like the MMPR cast, um, was really, really great to me. Um, but at the same time, it was a film that was not perfect uh i you know I, I, I didn't like the zord designs going in i still didn't really like them in the film um they're some of the stuff like the the you know like the product placement and all that which was just on a 
an order of magnitude more than we'd seen in other i mean we're used to it in films but it was just a lot um but i've seen it on repeat viewings and i still really enjoy it and i would love to see more from it um i think that because of the sort of the way power rangers has always taken super sentai and just well these are just the new suits this season for the you know for the same cast so to speak i like pocky i feel like the sequel will just be the tommy oliver fest and i'm like Pocky, I am also good with that. I'm like, look, okay, I've seen, we've seen enough JDF, and I get it. Everybody, a lot of people really like Tommy, but I would prefer probably anything else. But I think you could you could reset the Zords and that kind of expectation, and that's what the franchise does. So wouldn't bother me one bit. I'm I'm definitely on the same page with you with the uh, with the character development. You know, following the development of this film. I saw the casting sides and some of the stuff that that actors were being asked to to do when they were reading for these roles. And I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I caught wind of the rumor that they were going to give Billy, who is the character very near and dear to my heart, some form of canonical mental illness. And I was just like, oh, no, there's absolutely no way they're going to get this right. No way are they going to get this right. They got it right. I was Mm -hmm. gobsmacked by this. It did a lot of things less than well, but as a movie, it did a lot of things well also, and some things that we really hadn't seen done before. Yeah. You guys are really selling me on this movie. Do check it out. Not that I'm against it. I just haven't. This haven't put the time in, and I might maybe this this week, weekend. This was. My wife liked it too. Um, She normally does not care for any of the toku stuff. (laughs) Anything I watch, she walks in the room. She sees a giant rubber lobster that's, you know, <laughs> spewing mayonnaise out, mayonnaise out of its elbows, and I have to go wait. No, let me explain, and then she's already gone. <laughs> she enjoyed Power Rangers, the you know the twenty seventeen movie, and I when I watched it again with her because I went to the theater on my own to see it. She was like, "I'm not going to go see that thing," but I came back and I was like, "God, it was really, really good." And I convinced her to watch it when we got it on DVD, and she was like, "Wow, that was really, really good." So yeah, I, I, and Billy particularly is just the heart of the film, and which is important for a lot of reasons um but just also because billy was you know he's kind of an iconic i I think many of us uh were were some degree of billy growing up um and uh seeing him be just kind of the heart and soul of the movie was was really endearing and and really special for many 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 reasons like pocky was mentioning Uh, i got it right it was like going into it i was like this is they're not going to do this right and they they did it so and i think that hypothetical sequel is probably much less likely now given its box office performance it started strong but tapered off very quickly um my my thinking is that you know zords and fighting and cg that all all that stuff can change but the the core cast of characters like that cast with that acting talent you can build a franchise off that cast so i hope they do all right i'll make a serious effort to see it this week yay maybe hooray we did it (laughs) we did it that was actually a fake question. I wrote it just to get you to watch it. No. <laughs> yeah, I knew John Smith was a fake name. <laughs> Sorry, John. No. Um, and his last question, are there any other properties that we'd like to see a Hollywood adaptation of? Common Rider. Do it. Just do it. Just lean into it. That won't it won't end well. Sequence. It won't end well. <sighs> History has shown us this. I know, I know, but it's not gonna stop Toei from making it in Japan, so I wanna see it anyway. I you know what? Honestly, I, I never... The idea of Hollywood adapting something, especially something 
like this from another culture in, in such a very different, that, that, as we've talked about, hits a lot of different switches than your standard sort of action-adventure thing does here in the States. Um, already fills me with dread, but if if you could get together, not necessarily the MCU creative team per se, but a similar team of people who understand how to make a modern film, but also really deeply understand and appreciate the content that they're adapting so that they know like, okay, we need to do it right. And here's the, you know, we need to hit the high points and, and it doesn't have to be beholden to lore, but we need to show people what these characters are really about in about two hours or less. Like I would be on board. I don't know what that team is or who those people are. Maybe it's the three people on this podcast here. Talk to us, Hollywood. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I would like to see a similar team that uh, isn't necessarily pure. It doesn't have to be all quote-unquote diehard fans, but people that understand what these characters are about and what the what they're adapting, and but still do a, a serviceable job. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I don't know if such a team exists. I think the the pitfall here is that um, just the way that Amer- it seems like American cinema or Hollywood blockbuster or superhero stuff is, um, they would probably focus really hard on the darker side of Kamen Rider as it is, because mm. it's I mean that it's definitely a part of it, like to be, you know, po- using the monster's power against the monsters, and to also sort of have to live with that either the side effects of it or the consequences of it. And I feel like we, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to end up with a little too much optimism or not enough optimism from it because they want to be edgy. This is America. To too much attention. edginess, not yeah. enough optimism. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, for myself, my hopes would be so low for any type of other Toku adaptation in the United States that I would just be like, let let's start off with something that's already awful. Let's see VR troopers get the Power Rangers treatment. Let's <laughs> let's see tattooed teenage alien mm. fighters from Beverly Hills get the Power Rangers treatment. <laughs> Turn one of those things into a movie. It can't get any worse. It can only go up. Oh boy. <laughs> Deep cuts. I actually like this idea. <laughs> you sold me on it. <laughs> oh man, oh man. All right, guys, I think that was all the questions. Um, Pocky, thanks so much for being on with us. Uh, where can the people find you? Like, what, tell, tell, you know, plug away. Tell the people where they can find you and the places and the, the stuff that you do. Uh, well, I mostly live on Twitter. I am Pocky Squirrel there. And my uh, my main podcast, uh, Toku Ladies, we are coming off of a very long hiatus. So expect a, oh, uh, a new yes. episode of that coming down the pike in the, in the near-ish future. Right. Um, and we are also on twitter and available elsewhere through that at toku ladies underscore pod excellent and i sorry i also just have to say as someone who's a personal really big fan of your show uh <gasps> i do recommend people check it out and i also particularly recommend if you have even a passing interest in power rangers the interview that you guys did with the sudarso brothers was just such a great episode so so great so all your stuff's good but that episode particularly i was just like wow this is really kind of a special treat that anyone in the pr fandom would would greatly appreciate Uh, that interview was like our crowning achievement i don't know that we'll ever top it you guys have a lot of jewels in that crown but that's a that's a shining one that was a really good episode ah stop it i'm blushing another thing to add (laughs) another sorry not enough time in the world but i'm gonna do it i'll have to check it out thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me all right, well, uh, uh, I've been Grant. <laughs> and I'm Pat. And Pocky Squirrel. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super Super Senpai Senpai Podcast! Podcast.